0: We begin with a quote by the Sufi mystic Rumi. Sorrow prepares you for joy. It violently sweeps everything out of your house so that new joy can find space to enter. It shakes the yellow leaves from the bough of your heart so that fresh green leaves can grow in their place. It pulls up the rotten roots, so that new roots hidden beneath have room to grow. Whatever sorrow shakes from your heart, far better things will take their place. What is this connection between joy and sorrow? Must we pass through sorrow and really experience it before we know joy? I think so. Now, unfortunately, for way too long, many of us, have been conditioned and trained to ignore our emotions in favor of a false sense of happiness. Because we were told if we believe a certain way and hold a particular set of beliefs, we shouldn't feel these things. We shouldn't have to experience sorrow. This practice is called spiritual bypassing, and it is toxic. Welcome back to Empathy And... This is Michael Scott Evans, and this week we are tackling week three of Advent, where we find joy as the major theme. We will discuss that along with this idea of spiritual bypassing. This is part three of Empathy and Emergence. Empathy is a superpower, and you have it. It is the energy of human connection. It's biological, sociological, and spiritual in nature and it is something that we are hardwired for. Empathy is the key to deep, meaningful, and thriving relationships. Welcome to the conversation. This is Empathy (laughs) Ant. Earlier this week, there was a blog article from Psychology Today that made its rounds among many of my friends online. The title was, To Heal From Trauma, You Have to Feel Your Feelings. Now, for many of us, that notion might sound silly. Feel your feelings? But I find that it's incredibly rare that we actually allow ourselves to feel and understand our own feelings. Now, I think that there's many reasons for that but one of the most common, especially within the religious and spiritual community, is something called spiritual bypassing. And I'd like to talk a little bit about that first, and then we will come back to the article. In the early 1980s, John Wellwood, a Buddhist teacher and psychotherapist, coined the term spiritual bypassing. Now, he did that to describe the use of spiritual ideas and practices to sidestep personal, emotional, unfinished business or to shore up a shaky sense of self, or to belittle basic needs, feelings, and developmental tasks. Wellwood believed that this practice was intended to bring about enlightenment. The foundation of spiritual bypassing is not enlightenment. It's emotional avoidance and repression. Now, when we are in the midst of it, it looks and feels like we are grabbing a hold of our spirituality or religious practice or discipline as a way of keeping ourselves afloat, maybe. We could be dealing with anger or isolation, self-esteem, even addiction, or a myriad of other emotional issues. In situations where there are challenges to be dealt with, especially ones that affect our relationships, which, aren't they all? These are of the utmost importance to actually deal with the issue, rather than just suppress it in favor of meditation, prayer, or worship. Now, I know this is a tricky subject, because meditation, prayer, and worship are not bad things, not at all. But think of it this way. If your spiritual practice looks and feels more like escapism, then it might be spiritual bypassing you're engaged in. The famed psychologist C.G. Young once said, What you resist persists. If we don't fully and nakedly approach all of our feelings, all of our emotions, every single challenge that we are confronted with, then we are doomed to repeat them. Now, there are a lot of different flavors of bypassing, I guess you could call it. But I found a few that I wanted to share with you that really hit home in my mind. The first one is the optimistic bypass. Now, these are the moments and people that like to tell you to, quote, focus on the positive or see the glass half full. This often comes about with folks that have a phobia, literally a phobia, or perhaps at minimum an inability to deal with negative emotions. We cannot leave our negative emotions in favor of positive ones. We have things to learn, don't we? The second one that I wanted to share with you is really near and dear to my heart. It's the aggrandizement bypass. Now, this is very common with people who have achieved a certain level of leadership or fame due to their religious status or spirituality. And it's the idea that since you've achieved a particular status or a role, that feeling negative emotions is somehow beneath you? In an article from August of 2013, the Clergy Health Initiative at Duke Divinity School found that pastors experienced depression at rates double that of the general population. Now, in another study by LifeWay Research, those that would identify as evangelicals in particular are far more judgmental about suicide than the population at large with an incredible 44%. 44%, that's almost half, saying that suicide is selfish. Now that trope, that cliche, I think we've all heard before, and it's very dangerous. And it seems almost impossible to not create a culture of spiritual bypassing when the pastors themselves are at a higher risk of depression and anxiety. And then they turn around and can't even talk about their challenges for fear of judgment from half of their congregations. Now, I say this is near and dear to my heart because I was one of these guys. I was in the pastorate. I dealt with some of these issues. I went through a divorce with zero support from anybody because I was judged for it. There have been numerous times in this last year where I've been uh, contacted by somebody who's in the ministry and dealing with depression. It is absolutely something that is affecting everyone right now. There is a mental health crisis in the U.S. specifically, but I'm sure it spans across the globe with men and women in leadership roles that are going through mental health struggles and don't feel like they can talk about it. This is why I call it toxic. These are the things that are so dangerous when we're talking about spiritual bypassing. The third one I wanted to tell you about is called the horoscope bypass. (laughs) So let me be really clear. The inclination to spiritual bypass is not exclusive to the orthodox community or the mainstream religious folks out there, right? This is very common, and it's not just with folks that are into astrology, but even consider like personality typing as well. This is when we bypass our very real emotions and challenges because something in our horoscope, in our chart, or an expectation of our personality type, or our Enneagram number or something that we saw in tarot seems to indicate that it's just part of the package, right? Now, I have a lot of friends that consult astrology and tarot and their Enneagram, and for most of them, they use it as a tool to understand themselves better and to work on the hard stuff, to work on their shadow. In that respect, it can be very helpful and is not something to be demonized or scared of. It can actually be very, very helpful for those that want to learn more about themselves. But let's be honest. For anyone, they can use it as an excuse, right? Without actually dealing with those issues and challenges and emotions. They are bypassing a real opportunity for growth because they might not be using those systems and tools properly. Now, there are more spiritual bypassing flavors to consider, but I wanted to share one more with you that might hit close to home. And this is called the finger-pointing bypass. In our journey of discovery, we very often begin to see the world as it really is. We begin to see the lies, we see delusions, we see the outrageous and unhealthy behaviors of our fellow human beings. And this can make us quite distraught, for sure. It can also lead us to finger point if we're not careful. We begin to blame all of the issues on other people, never appropriately laying the fault at our own feet or accepting our own failures. Finger pointing instills in us a false sense of superiority and self-righteousness. This, at its core, is a consequence of fear, avoidance, and a powerful form of procrastination. Anybody that blames the culture for any given ill might not be actually looking internally very thoroughly. And this is a good segue because it brings us to why this topic is so pertinent today. What is joy? Perhaps Joy in the face of this sorrow that we must go through, that we must confront, that we dare not bypass, this sorrow that we work through for our own understanding and improvement, and for the health of ourselves and our relationships. Perhaps this joy is the journey. It's not a state of bliss that we chase, or that we can point to, or try to get to in order to not feel the feelings it is the way so back to that article about feelings feeling your feelings there were two things that i thought that were really important takeaways that i wanted to share with you the first is understanding the place that trauma holds when discussing our emotions trauma generates emotions and unless you process them at the time they occur they often will get stuck in our system And that will continue to affect us physically and psychologically. And this brings me back to why spiritual bypassing is so incredibly toxic. Because, as the author of the article so eloquently states, suppressed emotions don't just go away. They become toxic. They will keep showing up in your relationships, in your internal monologue in your home life, at work. They will continue to affect every part of your life until you deal with them. Earlier this week, I shared a quote by Paolo Coelho, one of my favorite authors. And this comes from his book, By the River Piedra I Sat Down and Wept. And it's just a beautiful picture of this way of thinking. He writes this, Joy is sometimes a blessing, but it is often a conquest. Our magic moments help us to change and send us off in search of our dreams. Yes, we are going to suffer. We will have difficult times. And we will experience many disappointments. But all of this is transitory. It leaves no permanent mark. And one day we will look back with pride and faith at the journey we have taken. Joy is the journey. Joy is the conquest. It is facing our fears and challenges head on, working through our moments of anxiety and depression, reaching out in the midst of despair to those that we trust around us. It's sitting in our grief and learning from it. It is absorbing our failures and faults and moving up and out into a new way of thinking. And joy is Advent. It is always arriving. During this season, we are reminded of the hope of a future that doesn't exist quite yet. A faith that we are heading in the right direction and taking the next best step and a joy that pushes us forward through our sorrows and struggles not around them this time of year is about change and being ready for it because for so many of us it is inevitable peace y'all thank you for listening if this episode or any other episode in this series or this year have been helpful to you, would you please consider being a patron? You can join my friend and supporter Michael Potter in giving through Patreon. Thank you, Michael. For as little as $3 a month, you can help me keep the lights on, maintain the podcast and website, and look for additional opportunities to grow this project. I cannot and would not do this without the help and encouragement of y'all, the listener. Please consider supporting me through Patreon. You can find more information in the tiers of investment at patreon.com empathyand. I'm probably going to take a hard look at creating a new tier structure for the upcoming year. If you have suggestions, you can always email me at empathyand at gmail.com or through Patreon. Again, thank you so much for listening. See you next week.